0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Waiting to be Signed, the show where we reveal the week's events on Hash. My name is Trinity, and I'm joined by Will. And before we get started, a quick disclaimer. We are here to talk about art, not just the aesthetics, but the money surrounding it, as the market is a key part of FXHash. That said, nothing we say here should be taken as financial advice. It is for fun and conversation. You can follow us on Twitter at Waiting to Sign to keep up with our thoughts throughout the week or for those who prefer visual language, on Instagram at waiting to be signed. And if you're feeling generous, we are always accepting TES donations at our Teswald address, waiting to sign And as a part of this episode, we'll be releasing an FX text accompanying notes that you can purchase at a variety of price points. Uh, if you purchase the article, it's supporting our efforts making this podcast week to week. And we absolutely love it and you. Disclaimers and pitches out of the way. Good morning, Will.
1: Good morning, Trinity. How's it going?
0: It goes. I'm actually going to go into the office today.
1: Oh, no. I'm so sorry to hear that.
0: I have a very small percentage chance to win a free iPad and they're serving lunch today, so it's <laughs> not okay. the end of the world.
1: <laughs> no, is this do you have to fill out some kind of survey to win the iPad?
0: No, I just think I just have to show up and scan my badge.
1: Okay. Well, they're really desperate to try to get people to come into the office then.
0: A lot of people do go back. Um, and mostly the younger folks, I think, because you know, they have roommates. They don't have dedicated office space. They just live and work out of their bedroom. So I get that 100%. And the allure of free snacks is always—it's always strong.
1: It's strong, especially when you're young and maybe not making as much money. I can see that.
0: It's Thursday, folks. We're recording a day early,
1: yeah. well, we have like kind of a weird double day off period right now on FX hash, and I'm at, gonna be potentially without internet tomorrow. So that's why I was like, we need to do this today.
0: <laughs> oh no, everything okay.
1: No, no, yeah, we're uh, we're doing a um ex- an experimental weekend trip with the baby to see what that is like. So we've never really driven her in the car for more than an hour and a half. She always melts down at some point. And we decided to get an Airbnb up in the Finger Lakes of sure. New York, if you're familiar with that area. So it's about a four, out, four, three and a half, four hour drive. And this is kind of a, in preparation for going to Pittsburgh around Christmas. So we're gonna see how she does on this drive, and that fingers set, crossed for you. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna set expectations for how she's gonna do on the drive to Pittsburgh.
0: So does one of you sit in the back seat?
1: Typically, we haven't done that on the shorter drives, but I think that's what we're gonna try this time because she can only sit back there for so long before she just gets, gets fidgety. too bored and starts fidgeting. And like, I'm just really hoping it's not a three-hour drive that turns into a six-hour drive because we have to keep stopping.
0: I mean, if she wants to cry and be fidgety, that is, uh, I guess, her prerogative. I don't mm-hmm.
1: know. Yeah, that's, I don't know that's, what the that's...
0: literature says on babies and cars.
1: Yeah, that's a very childless attitude, I would say, that could change for you <laughs> at some point where, yeah, a baby crying is extremely alarming mm-hmm. and grating, and it's it's not a, something that you can just zone out and do for an hour very easily, So, especially when you're doing something like driving a car.
0: Just turn up the Ira Glass, have yeah. his dulcet tones.
1: <laughs> she does kind of like having some kind of sound on the car. It, it helps for sure.
0: Well, I wish you luck with that drive.
1: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's it's going to be exciting. We'll see. But, you know, we we have a, a pretty um short week this week as far as drops. I mean, it just seemed like there wasn't as much that came out. Obviously, we do have some stuff to cover, but we have a few news items here. Should we talk about Object?
0: We can talk about Object. Let's do it. All right. What happened with Object this week?
1: so object has finally not finally like they've always listed fx hash stuff on the site and it's been a way for you to maybe sometimes even get a lowball offer in on someone by bidding on a fx hash token over there and it's not very frequent but it it can happen but they've now fully integrated the fx hash api i guess and back end into the way tokens are displayed and named and just like a lot of things like before that you there was like two lumps of tokens. There's FX hash Genesis and then the FX hash tokens proper since 1.0 came out. So it's a lot harder to search for specific FX hash projects. Now they have their own tags. It's a lot easier to find them. FX hash listings are now there too. So you can see the prices. So it's not just like object prices, but all that pricing data is over there as well.
0: Yeah, I think we saw some like really good steals of deals coming through the sales feed before because something would just still be listed on object. And if you checked... There might be yeah. something lower priced because the prices weren't integrated.
1: I remember that happening around the very first run that I can remember of RGB. And some people were picking up when the RGBs were selling in the hundreds. Some people were finding them for the five to 10 Tes range still on object. And not that that was a very common thing, but that no, era but now is Now that
0: over. loophole is gone. We'll never go back. This is obviously good for FX hash, it's just good for the marketplace or the ecosystem generally. I think the number one thing is the fact that each FX hash collection is now going to be separated out because now people can see not just the aggregate of, oh my gosh, FX hash is the second best collection on all of Tezos, but it's now like, oh, the top five collections on all of Tezos include garden monoliths, dragons, this, that, and the other thing. And so it brings more aggregate attention to the platform. And also the artists and the individual pieces of work, which is so cool.
1: It'll account for volume on FX Hash now when it aggregates like top sales and stuff, not just yeah. on objects. So that that'll be interesting to see. As a subtweet to this, they said they also did the same thing for 8 type typed art and HicketNunk2000 marketplaces. But I guess the head the headline is object X FX Hash. Because obviously FX hash is probably around the same size as Object in terms of volume on a daily or monthly basis, right? Like They're the two biggest, easily. But I mean, it's great, right? Like, one of the issues I've always had with some of the smaller platforms, and this is what was also great when they did the similar thing with Versum, right, like a week or two ago, discovery and volume and just, like, how liquid are your NFTs going to be when you're kind of locked to trading them on these smaller platforms. But all of this Object integration has to be good in the long
0: run. It seems like they've been building in a frenzied fury over the last weeks and months just to make all this happen because it feels like it's just wham, wham, bam, everything coming out at once. So I don't know if they hired more developers or if there's just been like a concerted effort to grow the ecosystem overall, but it's so good and it makes me feel better about Tezos. Not that I felt bad about Tezos before, but it's nice to see this concerted effort to create a unified view And I guess it also makes them much more likely to become, like, more of the open sea of Tezos. So, I mean, they already were to a certain extent.
1: So, this is great. I mean, this is exciting. I don't know that I'm going to be doing a ton of my shopping and stuff over there because, you know, still our focus is so much on FX Hash. But I have to imagine this is just net good for the entire ecosystem, the entire chain.
0: And I guess that's a good segue to speaking of other tools. yeah. I mean, these tools have been out there for a while and it's the tools that are publicly available to literally everybody who connects their wallet to Tender. They have bulk listing tools for your FX hash collections. I know that you've used it in the past. Basically, what you do is you select a bunch of tokens that are in your collection page on Tender, and then you can do anything on master them. Like they don't even have to be the same action. So what can you do? You can send tokens to another wallet. You can list tokens that haven't been listed. You can relist tokens that you've already relisted, and you can also delist. You used it. What were your experiences like?
1: If this has been around for a while, it was something that despite being a part of Tender, I wasn't really aware of. <laughs> but I saw some people talking about it in Discord this week, mostly in like the troubleshooting section, because there are some issues when you try to go too big. It's not even, I don't think, a Tender issue. I think it's a Tezos blockchain issue and wallet issue, because... I basically went through my entire wallet and I found pieces that I wanted to delist pieces I needed to list for the sake of being listed and some pieces I wanted to reprice. And I lassoed about 140 of them. And then it gives you just this little pop-up menu where you can go through and there's a a button to delist if that's what you want to do, or you can just type the the new price that you want. And I went down and did them all. The whole thing for 140 tokens took me maybe 10 minutes. They even display the current floor price. Of the project, so if you like want to list everything at floor, or just under floor makes it incredibly easy for you to do that. Then you just click list, and if it's really long, it takes it a minute to process. I think the contract, because it it took maybe thirty seconds or so before my temple prompt came up to confirm the transaction. Like it has to put it all. To, it's, it was about four hundred operations in total. Wow! Off of that, I bet your so it had to. Loved you. <laughs> that one did not work because I think there were some issues with the gas limit. Temple was predicting that, but that didn't end up being the case. So I, I moved it down to a hundred. It went through. Temple estimated my gas was going to be about 25 Tez, which I still think would have been a net discount off of doing everything individually. But then when that actually goes through, it only consumes about two Tez. So that's where this issue is and like why you can't just do like 500 or a thousand. Like for whatever reason, the wallets estimate the gas to be a lot higher and then they'll tell you the transaction is going to fail if you hit a certain point. So you just kind of have to work within the restrictions of the blockchain right now. Mm -hmm. But still, being able to bulk operate 100 tokens at a time like that was really satisfying.
0: Yeah, I think we both used to do the bulk relist tool on Netlify way back when. I stopped using it just because I stopped being a, a rampant speculator and trying to chase prices on everything all the time. But this is something I might just use because it lets you list things really easily. And I'd have a ton of pieces that aren't listed even if I'm listing them at a huge multiple of four. That's something I might go ahead and just do as an exercise even if it's just 20 tokens at a time.
1: Yeah, I would use the Netlify tool every now and then to like reprice one token at a time. I, I was never mm-hmm. able to get the batch Tool to work because at the time and maybe they've remedied this now, but I remember at the time you could only batch relist tokens that you minted, and if it was something yeah. that you would picked up on the secondary, it would break your transaction. But then you
0: and then you had to go through and try every single time, right? Just unlisting one token at a time.
1: Yeah, so maybe they fixed that by now. I don't know, but that issue doesn't exist on the tender version. So this is just like a very very cool free tool. The UI is very easy to work with, which is also a bonus more of just a public service announcement that that's out there and
0: like and it's free for everybody most of the features on tender are not like pass for only pass holders like it's a very small amount of the features on there so it's basically just like using fx hash but you get everything there plus more stuff obviously disclaimer 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 we are connected to tender we do not profit from tender but
1: <laughs> there was some misinformation out there that some, someone in the price discussion was equating owning a tender pass with supporting waiting to be signed, which is a lovely idea, but, but not correct. <laughs> if you want to support us, you support us by minting our FX text articles or by donating directly.
0: Or you can send a letter to AJ Bernie who is running tender and say, please add will and Trinity
1: get us on a stipend. Yes. <laughs> so from the pass holder side, there was an interesting announcement. I don't, know how this is going to play out, right? In terms of like the market and everything, but the tender reserve system for their collaborations is going to change. So previously when tender had collabs, half of those drops would be reserved for pass holders and pass holders went through a raffle to essentially like get those reserves. Right. And it would result in maybe like a one fourth or one fifth of pass holders getting reserves on a given drop, depending on how big, how many additions there were. But moving forward, all of the additions will be reserved for pass holders. So twice as many pass holders are going to be getting reserves now, which is great value for people who have passes. But after 24 hours, any that are not claimed or not minted are going to be open to the public. So the public is still going to have a chance to get in on tender drops, but tenders are going to have more priority in picking those up. So we'll see where that what, that ha- what happens with the market, you know there'll probably be another drop in two or three weeks we can analyze it. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And I think it's also worth to note that, you know, this does like would require all the tender projects and collaborations to now be a flat price rather than a Dutch right, auction. Right, Just because of the way that it is reserved out because...
1: Yeah, there's I, kind of no point in doing a Dutch auction on a fully reserved <laughs> project, no. right? So.
0: so we'll see what the new pricing tier, well, not new, new pricing tiers, but like what the flat pricing looks like into the future. I assume that there are some collaborations on the horizon excited to see what they look like.
1: There were some teased privately th- that will probably be made public in the next week or two, so we can talk about them once they're out on Twitter for sure.
0: And here's me trying to be coy about things. We're like, maybe there's something coming, and you're like, there's something coming.
1: Well, there's always something coming, right? That's you know true. That's the point of those collaborations. So that's just interesting, tender news. On the Waiting to be signed front obviously yesterday we released our interview with lander herzog it's a really great discussion we went really long with him it's well over an hour we kind of talk art but then we talk the market and we just talk the medium and the space and like the things that interest him about nfts and and generative art i thought it was a very very kind of like different type of discussion than i guess we've had with artists before where it's we've tended to just be more like, tell us about this drop, tell us about that drop. And yeah. this, this one just kind of went like, it kind of just exploded out into a bunch of different areas. It was As really As you fun. said,
0: we went off script a little bit.
1: We went way off script, but it was cool. I mean, it was cool to hear his takes on why he designs his projects the way he does. And, and just also get some insight into like things about, you know, clearly his, his experience has crossed over into the traditional art world a lot. And the way that he thinks about things and the people that he talks to and like, his ideas around sat- saturating the market, right? And like the advice he's been given. So there's just a lot of interesting insight, I think, in that episode. So please go check it out if you haven't.
0: And we'll, we'll link it and embed it into the FX text yeah. notes of th- this podcast. So, I mean, that don't stop listening to this, please, but cue it up for later, perhaps. Cue it up for
1: later. And then in, probably in two weeks or so, a little less than two weeks from when this episode airs, we'll have our interview... With Zenica and Jamie from the Two Board Apes podcast, dropping. I started editing that yesterday, and that one we went pretty long too. We went well over an hour, so we'll see what Again. it ends down to.
0: But you know, it, I think it's it's interesting because they're podcasters, we are podcasters. They're two people, we're two people. It's interesting, to, or it's fun because we're talking about shared experiences to a certain extent, and you know, we have both come into I think the space through semi similar ways, obviously over different time horizons and fx hash first art blocks but it was interesting because we're both groups that enjoy the art but we also enjoy the market
1: we both got in through gaming more or less and like i'll say that the editing is going a lot smoother it's uh surprising i expect it to be even harder with four people but i think the fact that they have their own show and they're so used to talking they're really concise and they're just like very very good at getting their thoughts out and no promises that it'll launch earlier than two weeks but We'll see. <laughs> It'll come out when it comes out. It's a very fun conversation.
0: So should we swing over to the donations corner?
1: Yeah, donations corner. Real fast. Here we go. Some donations we got this week from Ryan Thompson. We got a seroscope painting, too. From Nate Nolting, a mashed potatoes. From Jay Radicke, How I Sometimes Feel, which was Lunarian's piece from the Blind Gallery. And from Pixel Wank and Ostinato.
0: Which is I think the second ostinata we have received from Pixel Wank. So thank Amazing. you. Amazing.
1: It's a great project. And thank you everyone for your donations, as always. All right, Trinity. Favorites this week. I'm seeing some empty fields here from both of us.
0: <laughs> yes, there are no favorites for either of this either of us this week. I think I did not really mint much. The projects I wanted to mint, I was literally out of the house for or you know, 40 minutes deep on a call. And that's okay. We don't need to mint every week. I feel like we minted a lot last week.
1: The last two to three weeks have been busy. So in a way, it's kind of nice to have a week where things are a little slower. But also, you know, when it comes to content, (laughs) I prefer having more things to talk about. We don't even have a full top five this week. It's really more of a top four because there weren't really clear standouts minus a couple
0: but I do think that it's it's worth stating that out of the projects that are in our top four for the last seven days, all four of them are in the top five for the week across all projects on Ash. The only one that came out higher was Dragons, which had an unexpected oh, yeah, it had 15,000 Tez in volume, Yeah, which is crazy because I don't feel like I saw many of those go through the sales feed. It must have been uh, while we were sleeping. So the Europeans really loving Dragons.
1: Yeah, there were some weird overnight sales. And same, like we we saw some a Z actually two Zs sold in the last week, which was really surprising. One or two hollows went.
0: A big run on tender passes after the reserve mechanism changed.
1: Right. There were quite a few sales yesterday. And then also like projects like Geode from Lars Wander started moving again. I don't know if that was off of an an announcement or something, Um, or just because people are seeing his one-of-ones selling in the thousands and they're starting to pay attention to his other work.
0: Yeah, I mean, Geode has a floor of 250 right now, which is absolutely bonkers. And then Gossamer still has a very modest 88 test floor. Mm -hmm. but
1: (laughs) A lot of people's favorite drop by him on the platform
0: as well. It's one of those uh, projects where... There's a really big difference between some of like the floor pieces and then the ones that are go up because there's a lot of variety. Most people like the ones that are a little bit like richer or multicolored.
1: At the floor, you tend to find just the green ones. Yeah. Well, let's see. So then should we just start kind of at the top in terms of volume then and talk about Zoom?
0: Yeah, let's talk about that. And this was one that kind of came out in that weird liminal space between after we record and before it goes up. So <laughs> Before
1: the episode posts, yeah. A, a classic Friday drop out so yeah, zoom for hwf which i think stands for for uh, herbert,
0: herbert w Franke. frankie
1: yeah and by kim asendorf it was a late addition to the tribute pieces here we didn't have a ton of notice in this one we had about a week's notice from kim on twitter who tweeted some images of it on like a led display panel or something like kind of running and got a lot of people really excited Really small project, 128 editions, and a flat price of 56 Tez. So I think when we talked about this last week, we thought it was going to be a big gas war. And uh, I mean, it was maybe a big gas war for the few that ended up being open, but the surprising about this was the amount of reserves that were given out through Twitter, (laughs) which was pretty unexpected.
0: Yeah, that was really unexpected. And I guess you saw it happen overnight, right?
1: So this, this came out on Saturday because so I think what happened was we woke mm-hmm. up, we recorded with Zeneca and Jamie, and then r- literally right as soon as we were done, this drop opened up. Yeah. So I got up and I just checked Twitter and I saw whenever I see someone in the feed just leaving their test address, I always look and see what they're responding to. And they were replying to like several other people who had requested it. And then I noticed that a few reserves had already been given out. So I assumed I was going to be too late. But I just tweeted anyways, like, "Hey, here's my address. If you're still doing these, and it looks like sometime that morning, Kim went back and added another big round of people from Twitter."
0: So, wow, you didn't even notify me.
1: I didn't think I was going to get one, to be honest. You know, because right. he had, they had he had already assigned some. You're increasing
0: your mathematical odds.
1: That too, I guess.
0: Gosh, maximization to the to the max.
1: I mean, we had an interview to do, Trinity. I wasn't in, it wasn't intentional at all.
0: That's true. No hard feelings.
1: If anything, you know, turn your hard feelings towards the, the mechanism of handing out the reserves. I mean, I know we're not a fan of the random solicitation on Twitter, right? It kind of punishes you for not being terminally online.
0: But it's so interesting that somebody like Kim would be doing something via Twitter. I know that their last drop on MonoGrid was one that was fully reserved as well for uh, for holders.
1: Right, of the other MonoGrid project,
0: yeah. And so the reserves not necessarily new. So I guess in a a way this was a way of opening up the reserve mechanisms to the public. But it feels weird to have somebody of uh, Kim's status do that. If you're like a brand new artist who's just seeking to kind of promote your work and, you know, do some marketing and just getting tweets and retweets out there, then I understand why you might be doing a Twitter allow list a solicitation but if you're Kim Adesendorf I don't I, I guess I don't get it
1: yeah i mean if we ever have him on the show we can ask like what the idea was here and maybe cuz it was a tribute piece maybe people were saying like i'm going to miss it i really want to collect it maybe that factored in
0: okay but long story short you got your reserve
1: i got my reserve you minted it i minted it
0: and do you do you love it do you still have it
1: i still have it yeah okay. i don't prefer mine as much as i prefer some of the others i got a three layered piece that has a kind of a green and blue color palette the features make it kind of hard to figure out where yours sits in the range because they're not really obvious the way they're, the, the features are like saturation speed
0: mm-hmm. color
1: range and stuff
0: the uh, levels is the only one that really makes a ton of sense
1: yeah so this is i would say as far as kim's pieces go this one i think you need to know a lot more about computers and digital art and like the creation of it to kind of get what's going on here mm-hmm. or some of, some of the other stuff, right? Like um, transactions and reading a book. I think you can kind of just like open those up full screen and enjoy them as they do their dance. You can kind of figure out what's going on with those or what makes them cool for this one. I think you m- might need a little bit more understanding of like, code itself to get it because I don't know what do you think when you look at this do you get what's going on here necessarily <laughs> well,
0: I mean I don't know how much there is to get which means that maybe I don't get what's going on but I have number 44 opened up which is one that has nine layers which is the most number of layers that you can have and each layer is displaying something different and honestly it's really cool and serene to observe just because they're moving at like different speeds. I would almost say that it's akin to laying on your back and watching a sunny day with lots of clouds in it, because you can Mm -hmm. see how the clouds at different elevations in the sky are moving faster or slower, just depending on whatever is happening in the atmosphere. And so I really get that sense from watching this in action, because some layers are moving at the same or similar speeds Some of them are just almost moving in a completely different direction altogether, and so you get this sense of extreme depth. I would say where I get this sense of extreme depth.
1: The key word in the very, very brief description is cinematic, and I think this one—you know—the way that you are describing it delivers on that. I am not so sure about. Let's see which one is mine. You can take a look and you tell me if you feel it's cinematic. So number fifty-seven. It's much more. Yeah, yours is like
0: very different because it's like almost like a solid color you don't have any of like the the templated patterns or spotty patterns in there i think it would be cinematic if the movement speed were slower right yeah it is completely different feel from the others what i'm curious about is some of the layers not all layers and they have like the upside down building things
1: i think every single one has that layer so this is about like zooming in on pixels and stuff. And the way I was kind of choosing to interpret this was there's that layer that has, like you said, these little buildings chopping down. And that every other layer was like a zoom in on one of those little buildings. I think that's kind of the self-referential nature of it. That that was my guess as to what those oh. were, do- why those were there. And mine just happens to be zooming in on very monocolored pixels that are presented. Whereas like the one that you pointed out selected some that had more of that like texture, right?
0: That's a very good call out and a careful reading of the project description.
1: That's my guess. Yeah. <laughs> because again, we're we're only given two sentences of description of what's going on here. So it very much is like leaving it up to the the viewer to put it all together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I'll say I'm happy that I got one especially given that well, I guess the floor is now down to 180, but abosh in particular like went through and bought a ton of these and for a while the price i think was much higher you know like with the kim stuff i'm not really looking to flip any of it short term
0: i think that's a smart move
1: just gonna hold yeah
0: a cool project heavily collected by abosh i'm sad i didn't get one you know it is probably one of my favorite kims to watch i have to say that after having it open
1: it's less chaotic, right? Like, yeah,
0: it is more serene and like, it is like cinema in a way. Like my brain isn't going into frenzied overload after watching it for 30 plus seconds, which sometimes it does on reading a book. Cause I'm just like, whoa, like too many places to look. It's crazy. It's definitely much more of a casual experience.
1: I'm looking at number 21, which is for sale relatively close to the floor. And this one is really nice because it's got a good range of colors in it, but it also has some grayscale at the bottom. And if the other one was more of like a, a day sky with clouds, this is more of a night sky with like stars and auroras and stuff. This one is really nice. Yeah,
0: I love how the the um, the animated lines almost between each of the layers
1: interact and like, yeah.
0: It just kind of elevates the piece in my mind. It just makes okay. it feel more special.
1: I wish I understood more about it. I wish we got maybe a paragraph instead of a sentence of description to kind of help the less code knowing of us to, f- to understand what's going on here. But at the end of the day, if it's just about looking at the output and how it feels, I guess it's not required. <laughs> but for people like me, I just love the information.
0: And I think the other thing I just wanted to quickly call out is that the previews and the thumbnails, they look like weird squash rectangles. But when you do open it up, It fills the display. fills it up. Yep. So don't worry. You're not getting weird squash rectangles.
1: All right. Should we move on to the next one?
0: Yeah. And this next project is one that came out yesterday morning. So Wednesday morning, East coast time. And it is in a moment, a thousand years by exalted 200 editions, flat seven Tez, which felt so low. Mm -hmm. And I was really sad to miss this. I was, out of the house, left like 10 or 15 minutes before it opened up. And I just had a place to be, (laughs) couldn't skip. And uh, wow, this really, really, really took off. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. I think continuing from last week, right? This one is very on trend for the time, I would say. Distinctly different from some of the previous projects we've talked about, but the sliced and diced colorful abstract, this is the one that delivered on that the most this week.
0: And with some additional melty variations, I would say.
1: So I also missed this one. I can't remember what my excuse was, but my initial reaction to seeing it take off just made me think about how much I loved the Toa Minto piece that is still unminted. Right now the floor on this is 50, and the Toy Minto you can mint for 32.
0: Something like that, yeah.
1: I just feel like if Fragment Assembler dropped now, <laughs> it would probably just blow up like crazy. Like, cause it's also very much in a way in this zone of like chopped up colors. Like when you watch these this construct, you can tell it does it in a different way. But man, I think everyone who's collecting these projects recently needs to go back and re-examine that one and check it out because I really, really, really like that piece, <laughs> that piece a lot. Not it's not really to take away from this, but just to say like also go look at that one if mm-hmm. you're into this stuff. This one has more of a, a screen printed quality to it, right? Like this one yeah. has that. It's a little bit different in the texture. It's, it's less. Um,
0: I think these projects are really different. Like I have to say, I mean, they're both like abstract. And as you say, they kind of have that like maybe a cut up feel. But if you look at this en masse and just the different variations, the different palettes, like specifically I'm calling out Number 113, which is one of the several that Le Mans 2D picked up. Mm-hmm. He, I think he has a couple in this summer palette. But it's so rich. Maybe that's the way to put it. It's like the vibrancy, the the color use. It, it's really, really, really great. You know, the same thing with um, number 98, which is also one of his, where you know, some of them are more circular. This one is like it's more on the rectangle side with rough edges it kind of gives me that that quote-unquote painterly feel but without necessarily evoking a brush stroke you can tell that this is done digitally and so i think it's a really nice merging of this looks like traditional art in a way but isn't trying to replicate the entire like structure and feel
1: looking at this one in particular like i could imagine a physical process for painting this
0: yeah, exactly. Right?
1: Especially the one that's more square like cuz you can imagine like laying down tape and blocking and like finding ways to create these layered effects of colors. The, the circle the circle cutouts and stuff might be a little harder to accomplish, but you can combining with the texture and imagination, imagination like you can try to transform these into physical pieces in your in your head. The drippy ones maybe will be harder. <laughs> yeah. But I get it. Like the, the the texture and, and stuff for sure is something else that sets these or, or makes these very much their own thing.
0: So exalted also alongside of this project. So I, maybe the article came out a little bit later. They made a making of in a moment, a thousand years that really goes into the process behind the creation, which is fascinating to look at. So apparently the, Underlying code is done in cables, which is a visual programming system. I don't really know much about cables. I'm going to sound like an idiot talking about it, and that's okay. Basically, you're building up networks of different like functionality and capabilities that output these really insane visual effects. And you know, this is something that was built off of a prior project, a fissure in the megastructure, also by Exalted. When you look at the two side by side, you can really tell that they are related, right? Mm -hmm. I would say that in a moment is way more mature. You can tell that it's been continued to be built. The article is like really fascinating, just going into how things were created, how things were broken apart, and even just how the colors were overlaid into the piece, whether it's you know leveraging like the gradient system to kind of make things a little bit more richer and pulled apart or ones that are just not using the gradient making them feel more like bigger steps in the in the color palettes so
1: it's a really nice piece overall and it's also again like just like last week cool to see an artist who's been releasing on the platform for a long time now take that jump and like break through like they had a little bit of movement on here and now
0: Mm -hmm. fever dream fairy fantasy forest as well
1: but this was the one that push them through so it's it's interesting to see artists that have been around now break through and become top of mind for collectors it's just such an exciting thing about fx hash did you consider picking up any on the secondary or were they just too far gone
0: by the time time i got back i think they were a bit far gone like maybe they were going a couple of multiples over mint Mm -hmm. and generally speaking i don't like buying into a project right after the mint just because I feel like things are escalating. And obviously that kills you sometimes like with like a September. Yep. Nine out of 10 times wait a week or two and prices will come back down.
1: So of the 200 editions, 139 have sold and there's still 91 listed. So in aggregate that's over a hundred percent, but it's almost half listed still even after Mm -hmm. all of those sales.
0: Did you mint or try to mint?
1: No, I didn't. I, I, Completely missed it. And just looking at the floor now, too, I mean, a lot of the floor pieces are a bit more monocolored.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm seeing a lot of yellow, a lot of black and white. If this is one where you want to get in, that there might be a fair shot at some of these maybe less desirable palettes undercutting.
0: Yeah. Like the floor of the summer palette right now is like 195, which just yeah. kind of goes to show you, you know, how some of those differences.
1: Summer palette, a.k.a. Mondrian palette.
0: (laughs) How would you uh, compare this to, you know, let's say, in my mind this is most similar to something like September, right? Obviously it's less of a watercolor feel.
1: I don't know. It's hard to say, right? Like clearly September is in a tier of its own now. Like Mm -hmm. of the family of pieces that look like this, it seems like September is going to own that like grail spot on the platform. Similar with landscapes, right? Garden monoliths owns that category as the grail piece that's going to keep going up there's a lot of pieces that have come in blown up and then died died back down so this might be a trend that we'll continue to see as it seems like a lot of artists are figuring out how to do this and they're they're obviously all putting their own spin on it their own palettes and their own ideas but i don't know that we're going to see another one like this like
0: and by this you mean september
1: yeah but i think a lot of artists are going to be able to make really nice versions and learn a lot in the process and have like strong success in the secondary like this. But I just don't know what the longevity will be because Mm -hmm. like it's always now going to get compared to September. So I don't know. What's your answer to that question? If you asked it, you might have an answer in your own head.
0: Um, I would say on the aggregate, the average September might be better than the average exalted. And I know that there are people who 100% love September more than anything else. But I think that, like the strong, in a moments, I prefer better to the strong Septembers, if that makes sense. Sure. I don't know what which mathematical term to use. Whether it's um,
1: top one percent of these you like more than the top one percent of Septembers.
0: Yeah, I think higher highs, and that's like that's you know subjective personal preference, right? Right. Yeah. I might get yelled at a little bit for having that preference, but I like the punchiness of the colors. What can I say?
1: It's very different, right? Well, when you don't, without the watercolor, then the the opportunity for things to like stand out and contrast more, I guess, arises. Yeah. And maybe that's what's making those top X percent really pop for you more.
0: Yeah. And maybe part of it comes down to like one of the reasons that Sepender is more universally appealing across all of the pieces is that I think there is a broader appeal on some of the palettes. Mm -hmm. But like the top, Palettes for in a moment are just so good
1: put some on your watch list then because there could be undercutting there could be price drops all
0: right all right you sold me
1: are we ready to move on to the city
0: let's move to the city where i mean i'm already in the city you should move back to the city the sixth borough come on hey whatever you need to tell yourself to sleep at night
1: it is essentially that yes Uh huh. all right so we have the city collaboration between lax raven and r1b2 who previously collaborated under a, I guess, co-owned or jointly owned wallet that they made. So you'd have to um, do some digging to find their other collaboration. But this was 333 editions, Dutch Auction. It started at 99 and dropped 11 Tez each tier. It ended up going out, I think, at 44.
0: Some of the lower ones were at 33.
1: There might've been the last few. This was one that I was watching the Dutch Auction trying to get a feel of whether or not I was going to jump in on it. It did seem like it was going to finish at 44, but I wouldn't be surprised if it rolled to 33 for the last block. But yeah, very much in the same style as their previous collaboration, which the name escapes me, but it was, you know, the giant boulder being held up by still mining structures. (laughs) Mining structures, right. So very kind of whimsical idea for the last one. This one is a city. But done in a very illustrative line drawing style. I think we talked about this last episode. So it's Lax Raven who's the illustrator, right? And yes. R1, the coder who's trying to translate their project into generative similar to what we saw with like the twisty collaboration, right? Yep. And Where... there
0: was another really good FX text article that R and B2 put out that talked about the like how what that translation process was like. Going mm-hmm. from like the, here's something that looks really detailed and complicated. Let me make something that looks really like detailed and complicated. And then just when you have it against 50 plus buildings, it just kind of became more muddled. And so it was just going through their iterative process for how they can make something that looks really cool and awesome.
1: And it does. It definitely mm-hmm. does.
0: It makes me think of Waxhead, medieval city. Yeah. Like just in kind of like the whimsy of it. I mean, obviously the... uh there's an overlap in like the subject. Very different projects, but I think seeing some of like the the towers come up, it just brought that other project to mind.
1: It's a really cool piece. On the one hand, it's like, is it a city under construction? Is this just the natural like way the city looks? I, I think there's a lot of different ways you can read this piece and kind of try to find some narrative and story in it, which is always a bonus. I ended up not minting because I got a little afraid that it was going to be an overly flipped piece, which I guess
0: it it is. It's like,
1: maybe it's like average flipped for right now.
0: I think the one thing that makes this interesting and I think really special to people who are collecting and I could see some of the conversation come through in price discussion uh, while it was minting and R1B2 was in there talking about it as well. You know, people were really looking out for some of the rare items that were coming through, you know. They're really pointing out like the ones that had pyramids, which is just like oh you know, this yeah, it's a medieval city. And sometimes we just have a random pyramid, and really looking for the tree. He called it the Tree of Gondor, mm-hmm. um, which you can see in some iterations. I, maybe like a iteration twenty has a an example. Twenty eight is probably the better example where it's like large trees at the bottom. And it's not under the tree feature, so I'm not quite sure.
1: Oh, I see not where sure. it is. There's a little bit of a "Where's Waldo" element here. Yeah, you can sort by rare item, but then you still got to kind of find where it is. Exactly. I'm a fan of the um, elevated composition trait, where it's much more minimal. It's like the very first steps of building the city. Mm-hmm. I think those are a nice contrast to the more full ones.
0: Yeah, I agree. It, those actually. When i saw those it really made me think of that one beta project from anaglyphic actually
1: oh right pyramids the pyramids yeah
0: yeah just because some of those were elevated in similar ways yeah i think it's really a fun piece overall i didn't collect i don't know if i'm going if i plan on it per se that's not like to denigrate the piece at all it's i'm not in a whimsical mood
1: I'm in the same spot. This was one I was watching primarily to see, to kind of gauge the level of interest in it and see if it might be one where I could mint and find a flipping opportunity myself. You know, obviously Mm -hmm. I think other people, maybe too many people thought that on this one, but I don't think it's surprising to anyone who listens that this is not exactly like, it's just not really my taste, right? Mm -hmm. Like currently, you know, maybe my taste will swing back to the more skeuomorphic stuff like this in the future, but I certainly admire the work that went into it and a lot of the details, right? Like Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't even notice this, this item thing. I think it's, it's, it's really cool because they, a lot of rare traits are like just so obvious and stark Mm -hmm. in projects like this. And so to have these rare traits that are like, you actually have to kind of find, I think is a, is a really interesting execution.
0: like that there's a cheeky monolith feature, which just looks like monolith the project.
1: Oh really? I'm looking. I'm looking at one right now that has obelisk, and I'm trying to find the obelisk in the picture here. It's not very obvious. That's that's pretty cool. Oh, I think I found it. There we go.
0: Where's Waldo? Circle it with a pen. Uh, yeah, and you know, I, there are other um, parts of this that are fun, like um, the blue inverted ink paper color is just it, it's just a nice uh, refresher, and then some of the washes that can go on it. I think specifically the red one, which kind of has like a gradation of depth of red going um, from the top to the bottom. It's obviously different and nice.
1: What was it? About five months since mining structures?
0: It's been a long time. It must have been beta because it was before the collaboration contract. Um, January.
1: Between the two, I like the city more than mining structures. I think it's a great evolution on Mm -hmm. their collaboration. All right. You want to do number four, the last of our top projects for the week?
0: The last project that we're going to talk about this week is Anfantine uh, 1 Small Talk by Rackitect. It's uh, 171 editions, seven and a half tez. It is sound-based. It's not generative sound. Not all pro- Not all the uh, editions have sound in it.
1: Oh, really? I thought you just like double clicked as it animated and you Mm -hmm. always got sound. Sound
0: is not on for all of them. And it's based off of a series of Piano pieces by Eric Satie, which was based around the idea of getting children used to music and how music works. And so they're supposed to be like really basic and easy to learn. And you can hear that if you double click to play the sound, which you can do before it finishes animating or rendering. I also missed this mint. I was excited for it. I had it saved on the calendar and then just the whole work thing. It's just really something <laughs> hard. Good Lord.
1: Yeah, it, it is. Uh, this was one that I had on my radar for sure and unfortunately had to miss and fail on my part. I did not expect it to blow up in the way that it did. Mm-hmm. I thought this was one that I could come back to and probably mint casually later or maybe pick up affordably on the secondary the music not being generative was a little bit of a bummer for me, but not a deal breaker, right? Like mm-hmm. I think I could still find a place in the sound gallery. And the visuals were very pleasing. Like I liked the amount of attention that went into creating a lot of the textures here to make it feel very hand-drawn. But I guess I just, for whatever reason thought that maybe the combination of the animation and the sound that would it would kind of like suppress the interest in this piece. Okay. You know, I think the thumbnails, I guess, were appealing enough, and people really liked the final product, right? And some of them, especially, like, are really stunning. I even saw some comparisons to contrapuntos. That's I don't know actually saw, the, saw the comparison yeah. I
0: was going to make. You know, especially yeah. for like the white ones. I hear what you're saying with you know the music's not generative, but I love how the animation of the piece really follows the the timing of the music.
1: That's nice. That's cool. It,
0: it is really nice. Architect also created a really good FX text article that goes into the description of how they made this focusing primarily on the brush strokes and, you know, even just showing some good solid P five JS code for us, you know, noobs out there (laughs) How to get that effect, how to get that effect. And it's also interesting to note that, you know, this is considered a flow field project.
1: Oh, interesting. Which
0: I didn't know it's, yeah. Um, you know, they're setting up the, the flow field, um,
1: To kind of help uh, pick the direction in which the lines are drawn as they Mm -hmm. go across. And I think also
0: like the arc in which it flows because these are generally not straight lines. So it helps
1: connect connect from like level to level, making sure that they kind of line up. That's interesting. That's a creative use of a flow field for sure. Yeah.
0: We love to see it. It's not just another Fidenza. We could just say that this is Fidenza.
1: This is Fidenza 2.0.
0: Yeah. This time with sound. There is so much variety when looking at this particular piece and the way that it's, you know, the different ones are constructed and, you know, the thin lines, the thick lines, how connected are they? Like the ones that are like super messy, I guess it's the bugged trait. It's just really fun. It almost looks like one of those um, downtown uh, Iskras.
1: And unsurprisingly, Lamond has picked up some really unique iterations out of the group here.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. You know, number 117 being really maximal, like just looking at it in the grid, it really stands out. And then just above it, 107 for being so sparse and minimal. There are some um, really interesting variations in here that probably could have gone past the 171, I would say. like Just looking at some of those outlier pieces, I bet there could have been a way to bring it up. And play yeah. with it for, further. But perhaps, like, maybe the music element of it, or maybe the fact that this is just in fonts one, maybe there'll be a two or a three coming off of this. Yeah.
0: In a sense, many of the projects that heavily leverage features, I feel that there is a limit to how many they can go before you start to see a lot of repetition uh, versus ones that are just purely like, here's a complex mathematical algorithm, go for it. Right. I can see this also being able to go forward if the music element had been slightly more like generative and you know, you can add syncopation and it changes the way it does stuff.
1: Or honestly like taking what they've developed here with the style and divorcing it from the music element and coming up with something that leverages like some of the code work here and making, Mm -hmm. not maybe trying to make something that's more contrapuntos like, but Clearly, they have found a good way to mix these textures and mix mix these colors, and come up with really interesting output. So, and this is a piece that Rat was like previewing pretty heavily across Discords and talking to a lot of people about getting feedback on. I think it just shows like a lot of dedication and work. It's really cool,
0: mm-hmm. and I think especially comparing it to like the previous projects, like it's so different from sparsely populated grid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously uses like very different skills to create.
1: Just like expand on what I guess where I was going was just like, so one of the things they did with this project, I think to kind of connect it more to the music is as it animates, right? It's like Mm -hmm. almost like going one note at a time across the bar. Like, so each, each line is almost like bars of music. There is kind of like a constraint on this in that it's basically like drawing sheet music, right? Yeah. It's like very messily drawn sheet music. So I think that there's like things that they could do removing that constraint then would now allow for like a lot more variation. So I think that's where I was like kind of trying to go is that like you were saying, it could be opened up more and maybe more just kind of like random stuff could be added to build on what they've started here. Mm -hmm. And I mean that in a good way in like a, Oh, like there's a lot of promising stuff with their, with their color work and texture.
0: Sorry. I'm just watching it go uh, (laughs) while you're talking and, you know, seeing both hands of the piano kind of come in right. at different times. It's, it's really joyful. I think that anybody who's a fan of music, especially if you're a fan of playing music is something that's going to, to speak to you. I think that this is really cool. I'm so happy that Rakitect was able to have such a successful drop. And I also think it's interesting to see that a lot of the pieces that have had success specifically, this and in a moment they were at such affordable prices yeah i almost feel bad that the artists were not able to make more on the uh primary due to the pricing i think that they've both elevated their own like prominence within the community
1: that is kind of like the strategy we often talk about right when you're trying to break through and grow like if you can afford it it's better to just price low and let the market do its thing and become an artist that is like known for floors that are multiples above mint there are people who will only buy because of that or are only interested in that. So mm-hmm. it's a strategy for sure. Yeah. I'm not saying that this is what happened here, but it is like, I think it's no coincidence that yeah, those both those projects minted low and blew up.
0: I think the other thing that I, I would have to say, this is not to like denigrate the projects at all, but it's more to talk about the market and the market mechanics, maybe more so in a moment. It really took off after lemonade went in and just started buying 30 of them. And I think there was a similar pricing action with, you know, we talked about with September where somebody made a 5k sale and then lemonade went and bought 30 of them.
1: He bought them early though. Yeah. He's been traveling. He hasn't been in discord as much, but he popped into price discussion the other day and was talking about how like September he bought between 30 and 80. Yeah. You know, so he was in on September very early. Oh, you know, a lot of the older and older, like from like a year ago, collectors are not really active anymore like it yeah, used to or be galaxies that, like, are Darryl's. yeah like yeah galaxy daryl a lot of these names that just we don't talk about anymore because they're not around like they were the signals when they would go in on a piece that would be like whoa price discussion would be like did you see galaxies buying this did you see daryl's buying that and that was like the signal like lamond is kind of becoming the signal like mage too like mage has been pretty inactive right mage yeah. used to be one of those signals so lamond is it
0: lamond is the alpha
1: I mean, even like Clown Vamp hasn't been collecting that much recently. Like, mm-hmm. I think his interests are much more on AI right now. But yeah, Lamont is the biggest biggest signal we have.
0: And I think it just goes to show that in order to make markets move, we do need to have people who with quote unquote exit liquidity for the speculators or the small fish really in there. Because if nobody's buying, you're not getting that that frenzy. You're not getting that interest.
1: On a project like either of these where they're under, they're like 200 or less editions. So when one person comes in and buys 20 or 30 of them off of those like first flipper hands, that's such a huge portion of the collection that it's enough to create the momentum to then get us to that point where a project that's like 50 or 60% flipped Mm -hmm. initially. Now all of a sudden is like the floors are moving up, creates FOMO. And now you're seeing like, oh, now it's down to 20% flipped at 30% listed, right? Like-
0: is also a way for, as we've talked about before, to get quote unquote marketing. Anybody who's looking at the sales feed, they're now suddenly seeing 20 or 30 iterations go through. So you're able to see like, oh, actually there's a huge breadth that I'm able to see back to back to back that I don't necessarily get when I am just flipping through variations before the Mint unlocks. It also shows belief. It's like, oh, if this other person thinks that this looks really cool, I'm going to take another a deeper look at it. Yep. and like oh shit this actually looks really cool maybe there's something i missed
1: i feel like this is also a good transition to shout outs right because there was another one that lamond went into mm-hmm. somewhat heavily this week not enough to put it into the top x of a volume but you know shout out to runs for another big drop yeah they're another like kind of semi-new artist to the platform that's increasingly breaking through with each of their releases. And they put out Improvisation 1 this week, another one that was under 200 editions, right? So 192 editions. It was a Dutch auction from 20 down to 5. I'm not sure where it went out at 5.
0: went out at 5. Unless there were a ton of reserves that made it at the lower price point.
1: But this is another like oily, colorful, kind of like the David Bryce Allen that we saw last week, maybe like in that same style, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Watercolory painting, <laughs> yeah.
0: Like in the description itself, it states that it's an experiment with fractal brownie in motion. Oh, cool! I believe that Turner Light used fractal brownie in motion. It's a great use. I don't think we have a confirmation if it was used in primordial. Right. It does show like what you can do with this particular a tool math. or math yeah. or whatever.
1: There's a really nice natural diptych in here. Eighty-three, eighty-four. And then almost going into 85 next to it. But 83, 84 connect up really nicely. The, I guess the connection here was that this is another one that Lamond went in heavy on and helped to kind of push it push it up for sure.
0: I mean, it still has a really accessible floor of 14, you know, which I think when it first started trading, it was trading around 7. I think that this one was pretty heavily speculated on.
1: I mean, it's 102 have been sold already. It is, yeah, <laughs>
0: basically 100% flipped almost. High sale of forty nine ninety nine. 99 I assume from Le Monde.
1: Yeah, I would guess.
0: It'll be interesting to see if um, as more of these projects come out, if there becomes fatigue over time or if it's something um, it's it's great to look at. We love to see it. I, we will continue to buy from a community perspective.
1: I mean, I think I'll, I'll go back to the when you asked me about how does the um... – You know, comparing some of these to September. I mean, not this one, I guess, but this is also like maybe you would compare it to Turner Light. And I think for a lot of these abstract pieces where they're using similar methods and similar color styles or things like that, like I think there's always going to be like, I mean, landscapes being the easiest comparison. I think there's always going to be people trying to chase the grail worthiness of maybe a potential new project, but it's obviously very hard for new projects to really catch up to the established ones. I think a lot of people will buy them and make out make make really nice galleries and enjoy the art, but I don't know that on the floor side we're going to see a lot of other pieces break through that are in these same styles.
0: No, I, I would say unless something you know, really spectacular and super special and does something unique or if it's something by a very flippable artist.
1: Right, like a big artist yeah. that comes in with with a nice spin on the style, something like that, yeah.
0: Moving on with shoutouts, I want to call out Magmatic by Ella, which is probably a name you don't know if you are listening to the podcast or on FX Hash that much. It's a two hundred edition project that was three Tez, and it's Ella's lucky thirteenth project on FX Hash. All right, the first one coming out back in February, and I think this um, was a bit of a breakthrough of sorts. You know it minted out not like super fast but over the course of a day or so and it generated a lot of interest and conversation uh, at least to an extent within the tender discord perhaps a little bit in price discussion not not entirely sure but it's an interactive abstract piece where by itself it looks like fields of color Mm -hmm. um, that are kind of merging and converging on itself but when you run it it's actually made up of different colored cells And you can tap the piece or click on it or hold down to kind of create waves of motion. So you're basically creating a ripple effect that then kind of impacts the rest of the piece. And so you're able to really go through and make your own little colorful pond of sorts.
1: Nice. It's not working for me right now, and I don't want to brick the recording, but I'll (laughs) check it out when we're done.
0: Yeah. So I, I love seeing when, you know, artists, you know, they just have been pretty innocuous on the platform so far and they do something that generates interest that people talk about. And it's like that word of mouth within the community that is really beautiful to see.
1: Lamont just swept art for walls and public spaces. I saw that.
0: Rip ever getting one.
1: Including the uh, low price token that like didn't have a thumbnail.
0: I guess just on the idea that maybe it'll have a thumbnail someday.
1: <laughs> yeah. What's the floor now? There's still some. In the 700s, but wow, not very many left. 16. Let's move on to the last shout out then, which is Indistinct Places by Pixel Shard. We've been talking about Pixel Shard a little bit over the last few episodes for some of the work that they've put out. And this is one I suspect that they were working on for a while, given the level of detail in it and also the sound component. Like I've talked to them a little bit in DMs and they work in audio engineering and sound or, or music, so... Definitely a passion of theirs and really cool to see it come together in this piece. It was 121 editions for 15 Tez flat, minted out, and has had some pretty good secondary action as well. Like uh, Zan Ken actually just picked up a green one (laughs) in the the feed as we were talking. You know, kind of reminds me of Reconnaissance in a way or Mm -hmm. some, you know, like a, a mountain view maybe that comes with this very, very cool soundscape as well.
0: Yeah. Is it generative soundscape? It is algorithmic audio.
1: Yeah. And I'm, so I'm assuming that each one is unique. I need to explore deeper. I missed minting this one, but it's definitely one that I'm going to be watching. Like actually at the floor, is actually very close to mint right now. So 16, 16- yeah. 75.
0: I think this is definitely one for the sound gallery. Definitely um, one for the sound gallery. If you look at the gallery. features, you know, you can, there are different styles of audio, different tempos and, and things. So cool. Um, when it comes to the composition. I'm not entirely sure if it's fully algorithmic, but you can definitely hear different tempos.
1: Oscillation is one of the traits. So I'll just like play with some of these traits and, and listen to them and see if... But I would assume that each one is is unique. That, that would be my guess, just knowing the artist. So very cool project by them. And someone to like go through their catalog and check out like some projects that are still... Really interesting Open Ferment, like Block It In, Acid Memory, Mm -hmm. Forever Dolphin Love. Just a lot of really cool, diverse stuff that they put out even since Breeding Grounds, which was their big kind of breakthrough piece in the more recent era. Before that, I think it was um, Sketches of the Departure was the first one I remember. from
0: From Habitable Zones.
1: Yep. So they've been around since beta, just doing a lot of cool stuff. Once we're done, I'll probably go through and listen to some of these and pick one up. I think that does it for shout outs. What a short week. Wow.
0: But to be fair, we are recording on Thursday. So there are some things in right. the feed that might surprise us.
1: Maybe. I mean, it's but also just a, a weird short right week. Yeah, because yeah. today is, an, is a closed day. Yesterday was a closed day. And I don't know. Maybe that's part of what it is, is that the, the way the schedule is right now. We're having these multiple closed days in the middle of the week. Looking in the feed, I'm not really seeing anything that I would expect that we would have like covered if we recorded tomorrow or even Saturday. We do have things we're looking forward to, though, that aren't in the feed.
0: There are. A couple from Discord and one from t- Twitter. Um, yeah. Is there anyone that you're looking forward to the most?
1: And I got to say I'm looking forward to the most what Todamashi tweeted this week. They haven't released anything since Cut's and as far as i can tell everything they've even released off platform have been like curated variations of cuts yeah been doing more with that algorithm there's a project here that they're kind of teasing called Mindstones.
0: looks amazing
1: really looks cool it's kind of like fragments of a wave ish but very very different it actually kind of reminded me i put a note here if you remember way back when we had our episode as beta was ending
0: mm, mm-hmm. and we had
1: like our mintapalooza like go check out these projects before the big burn. One of the ones I shouted out was Celestial by Code RGB. I mean Celestial is very very different, but like there's something about the way it's drawn and like the color and like the the kind of chalky nature of what Todomashi is previewing here. I mean I think Todamashi's is more embellished, like just off of this one image. But that was like the first thing I thought of was going back to this beta token that I really, really liked.
0: Mm-hmm. And just like seeing like the, um, the geometry and the, the triangles essentially that are constructing. Yeah. yeah. Constructing like the, the kind of the 3d view. Yeah. When I first saw this, I said, I will mint as many as there are blocks I can mint in.
1: I'm in that camp right now for sure. <laughs> I yeah. mean, the, the tweet, unfortunately kind of sounds like they are iffy on whether or not it's even something that they're going to pursue. But they got a lot of positive feedback, and I'm very excited for another Todamashi drop.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think this is one of the ones where maybe it's just getting to the point where every algorithm or every output looks fantastic. But this one that they showed looks definitely fantastic. Yeah. So maybe it's just getting to consistently good outputs or, you know, wider variation.
1: I would love another FX hash drop from them. Yeah. Looks so cool.
0: The other two things that we're looking forward to um, came via the work in progress channel in the fxh discord. I think the first one that came up was uh, Pixel Link, who has done a number of delightful projects, huge supporter of us through just tons of different token donations and so on. So huge fan of Pixel Link. But the project that they're teasing, it looks like something. I have to say it's <laughs>
1: It's very on meta. Yep. It, it's Well, but abstract, they're, they're, they're mixed. Some like,
0: circles.
1: Like of the three images they put in a row, the bottom most one has like big September or like anti-cyclone vibes to it. Mm-hmm. But then the one in the middle doesn't really feel connected no. to that one. It's more like oily planets- inky
0: with circles
1: yeah so it's i mean whatever they're doing is interesting and then the one above it is kind of like a merging of the two i mean first of all it's like pixel wank has been learning some code would be my first (laughs) impression here because they're starting to you know their pieces have always been really cool and interesting and if you listen to their interview with canon arbitrarily deterministic it's like you know coding is kind of a a hobby i guess they're taking more and more seriously Mm -hmm. and um I mean, imagine going from beginner to like this in a matter of months. Like, it's pretty impressive.
0: Definitely, um, it sounds like there might be some bit of time before this comes out. Um, just from a
1: performance performance <laughs> perspective,
0: apparently it takes one to two minutes for the project to fully render. So obviously, not ideal at all when you're doing a release. But you know, at least conceptually, it's yeah. it's there. It's you know, maybe pulling in something like shaders. For example just to I don't know if you can just quote unquote I don't pull know in if something you can like shaders. shaders
1: yeah I think you have to do quite a bit of prep work to do that
0: learn shaders
1: right completely <laughs> really learn shaders and then redesign your entire project around it
0: at least the concept is there and it looks badass
1: and clearly other artists have been able to execute that style without shaders and get it performative enough to release and so it's probably just a matter of them optimizing and, and figuring out how to reined in some of the processes that could be slowing it down. The other one that you noted here is from volatile moods who started teasing this project, this, this next one on Twitter, but yeah, they dropped some in the work in progress zone and said, it might be coming out pretty soon. Right? Hopefully you'll embed these in those, but they're a really nice evolution and extension of what they started
0: with rough cups.
1: Yeah. With rough cuts. Mm-hmm. Which was a project that actually came up in our interview with Seneca uh, and Jamie. A <laughs> little preview for that one that drops.
0: You know, based off the works in progress, I would say it's like a really nice evolution and kind of pushing forward with what was done with Rough Cuts in like a really good way. It's bringing in more depth, more light, and you know, instead of being so, I think, structured along um, like a strict grid it has a lot more room to for play and it's like the way it's abstracted it almost like I can kind of feel like people in them and in, in the, the works in progress, which I, it sounds weird to say, but they feel very alive.
1: Definitely. And I think there's also like way more refinement in the texture of the paint here, you know, rough cuts. Mm-hmm. There is like a rough, a roughness to the application, which gives it that human element. But this this still keeps that hand-painted feel, at least from the previews that we can see, mm-hmm. but in a way that is more refined. You know what I get from these two? And I guess this kind of goes to show how like much AI has permeated. But if you had taken these and said that you made them on mid-journey, I would have been like, oh, yeah, these yeah. are mid-journey outputs. And that's really wild. If Volatile Moods has kind of come up with a way to render like such convincing abstract pieces that you thought that they might've been put together by AI. It's really exciting. I want to see more. Obviously we're only seeing these two here and the one that they put out, I think a month or two ago on Twitter, but this would be another where it's just like just every block. I'm going to be trying to mint them. I'm, I'm going to be very curious with the pricing on this.
0: Yeah. Thing. I think for me, it will dip. It'll be dependent on uh, pricing just because there's obviously a level of risk. If you're trying to sell a few in order to cover
1: for as amazing as rough cuts is it's under mint it was a 48 testament the floor is down to 29 i mean i thought that piece was fantastic i still do Mm -hmm. and market has not been able to support it
0: i think it just becomes harder to support floors as there are more and more projects on the platform you know not that there's anything bad with it but we're coming up on twenty-one thousand projects (laughs) and our collective memory cannot support so many things like they're the projects that are going to be really big. Like, um, I was just looking at marketplace and you know, a couple of solaces have just been listed, but a lot of these projects you really only think of when you're like, Oh yeah, that hit the sales feed. And so I I think it's just going to be difficult over time. From a speculator perspective, it's really going to be critical to try to sell in the moments after the mint for the most part, except for the ones that blow up and you regret selling early like you with September.
1: Yeah. We'll see. You know, the infinite art (laughs) is always happening, right?
0: Yeah. Hey, keeps it interesting.
1: Well, what do you think? Should we wrap the episode? I
0: think we should wrap.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to get ready for my car trip. (laughs) Get everything packed up and start planning. Enjoy your trip into the office, Trinity.
0: I'm actually debating. Maybe I'll just skip going to the office. No,
1: no. You got the iPad equity. You got to go in.
0: Yeah, I have like a 5% chance of getting an iPad.
1: That's worth it that's pretty worth yeah you're gonna want that ipad eventually trust me
0: (laughs) okay
1: well thanks everyone again for listening as always thank you for your donations and support check out the fx text article we'll be back again next week as always later